Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. William Warren is the founder of The Sketch Effect, a company that provides artists to capture live business events in a visual format. He also runs The Conquering Creative, an organisation which is all about helping creative people navigate the business world. So, William, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate the opportunity. You're welcome. So your company is called The Sketch Effect. So tell me what The Sketch Effect is and how it came about. Absolutely. So The Sketch Effect, we are a visual communications company or agency. And what that basically means is we use the principles of art and illustration and animation. We use all of that to help our clients communicate their ideas in a more effective and efficient way. You know, our mission statement is to help um, make ideas understandable and actionable through awesome visual communication. So, you know, we're not a sketching company. We're not an animating company. We're not an illustration company. We're first and foremost an ideas company or a communication company that just leverages all those um, all those things to help make that communication more effective. Right. So you're clearly a very creative person, but a lot of creative people really shy away from the, the business side of, of running a business. Why do you think that is? You know, for creatives, we go into... Um, you know, we pursue our careers because we love the craft. We love drawing. We love design. We love animation. We love the thing that we're naturally good at. And so we go to school. We try to get, we, we, we work really hard to get just really excellent at our craft. And then all of a sudden we graduate and then we enter the real world. And then we realize that just having an excellent craft is not enough mm. to succeed. You know, we have to know uh, about bookkeeping. We have to read, know how to read a PL. We have to know how to network. Uh, we have to know how to build an audience and, and, and keep clients and do sales and draft proposals. And these are none of these things made us long to become professional creatives. Um, so I think a lot of creatives, when they enter the real world, they're shocked that um, just having the best whatever is not good enough. You have to have the best whatever and then also some basic business skills and some basic networking skills and some basic sales skills. Do you think that's something that, that's missing from university and college courses? Do you think it's something that, that creative people ought to be taught? Different universities are approaching it in different ways. Um, I know that here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm based, the Savannah College of Art and Design does a good job of teaching business fundamentals. But I think the mindset of an art student is not thinking business when they're Mm -hmm. in school. They're thinking, how can I get an A on my assignment? How can I uh, explore my passion, explore my craft? So even if art schools are teaching it, or they do have a course on business and networking and marketing and sales, I'm not sure that students are necessarily uh, tuned into that, or, or rather they're not necessarily focusing on that as much as they, as much as they ought to be. Um, I guess to them, that's not the fun stuff, is it? <laughs> no, it's not the fun stuff. You know, those are the classes that uh, tend to make you get sleepy and, and, and <laughs> fall asleep and doodle and do all these things just to get through it. You know, I think a lot of times art students and creative people consider that just a, uh, um, you know, just a box to check. They've got to take the class on self-promotion. They've got to take the class on business or how to write a proposal so they can move on to the fun stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, nobody, uh, no creative person gets into their business because they want to be a bookkeeper, do they? But it is necessary stuff that we all have to do. Absolutely, yep. So tell me about the Conquering Creative. Sure. So I have been um, doing this small business entrepreneur thing for now seven and a half years. And, you know, I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I never set out to have my own small business. I was that that art student who went into art school because I love to illustrate. I love to draw. I love to make cartoons and comics. And then a few twists and turns in my career, and I found myself um, starting my own business about seven and a half years ago. And I knew nothing about business. I never took a business class. I never went to business school. Um, maybe I'd watched a few YouTube videos on, on how to be an <laughs> entrepreneur, but everything I've learned over the last seven and a half years, I've learned just one day at a time, you know. I don't know how to read a PL, so I'm going to just learn how to do it. Or I don't know how to do my taxes, so I'm just going to find someone to help me do it. I don't know how to write a proposal, so I'm just going to do the best one I can and figure it out. So over the years, I have slowly learned a few things. I'm still learning a few things. But as I reflect on my journey, I realize that you know, at this point, I have learned a lot more than I did seven and a half years ago. And if I could go back in time and teach myself from, you know, teach my, my younger self what I've learned now, that would be just incredible, invaluable experience to draw from. So what I decided to do was to create a new platform, sort of a side hustle, if you will, called The Conquering Creative, where I'm basically uh, reteaching uh, things that I've learned um, really to myself from the past, but really to any, any creative person who is trying to figure out the business side of things. So it's a, it's a platform for um, resources, you know, how to write a proposal, how to how to delegate effectively. Um, it's also a resource. It's also a platform for encouragement, you know, just encouraging creatives not to be afraid of what they don't know, not to be afraid to build great networks, not to be afraid to do sales. And then also finally for, um, for connection, you know, um, it's still in its early stages, but I'd love for this to become a community where people can learn from each other, draw from each other's experiences and, and grow um, together all, all with the final goal of just conquering um, conquering this thing called business. And so what kinds of small creative businesses are, are coming to you for, for help and advice? Sure. So it's a lot of um, freelance illustrators. It's a lot of young designers. Um, you know, we've talked to, to animators, people that are starting their own, their own agencies, their own firms. So anywhere from just that one-off kind of solopreneur person who's just doing business for the first time all the way up to... Um, to teams of, of multiple people who are who are trying to build a uh, you know an agency or or a, uh, a company you know I think anybody can benefit from these principles of business and so that's really why it was created to help just help people do do business better no matter what stage they're at and what sort of format does the does the help and advice take so right now I have um, an Instagram feed which is basically kind of one-off little bits of you know, business wisdom or business advice. And that's Instagram. It's on Instagram at The Conquering Creative. And then on the website, we have a blog as well as some resources that people can download. But um, we are in the works uh, to create a podcast and also a YouTube channel. So that hasn't happened yet, but it is in the works. Like I said, this is still in its early stages, but um, that is, those are two things that are on our list. And what kind of results are you getting so so far? Are you getting lots of people finding you? 
yeah, slow and steady. You know, we're we're slowly building this up over time, but definitely gotten some good uh, response through the Instagram channel. Um, hope hoping to um, get some good uh, engagement on YouTube as well as podcasts once we launch that as well. But we have uh, spoken, or by we I mean I have spoken at a lot of a lot of art schools. Uh, that's kind of our target market. Are these young uh, creative uh, professionals, either aspiring or soon to be aspiring creative professionals? Um, and so we've done we've. I've done a number of talks at schools and universities around around the country, which has been a lot of fun. Now, one of the things that I do a lot of for, for my business is, is business networking. And I think that can often seem daunting to creative people. Why do you think that might be? So when you say the word networking to a creative, what comes to mind, or at least what came to mind to me, was being in some awkward hotel bar talking to strangers, doing small talk, and then, <laughs> and, then, and then going home feeling like it was a waste of time. That, to me, is what uh, the, probably the average creative thinks of when they think of networking. Um, and for me, I really had a, I really had a big um, shift of perspective around this idea of networking when I started working for myself and I started getting plugged into real networks. And I think for networking to be most effective, it needs to come from a place of authenticity mm. where you're connecting with people that you genuinely want to connect with, whether or not you get business from them. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, for me in, in Atlanta, I plugged into a small business community here in Atlanta, mostly because I was lonely. You know, when I was doing my own thing, starting my own business, I just needed friends. And so yeah. I found a, I found a community that I really, I really liked. I, I enjoyed the people. And then once I started quote unquote networking within that community, that's when the doors started to really open. I started getting exposed to new folks to collaborate with, new folks to work with, uh, new clients. And, um, you know, one, another benefit with networking is that you plant seeds in the present day, not mm -hmm. knowing what kind of return you'll get yeah. week, weeks, months, even years from now. So I've, I've had folks who I quote networked with many, many years ago that would come back years later saying, Hey, I'd like to hire you for a project. And that's just what you, that's just the benefit of, of effective networking is you don't know when those, um, when the, those seeds are going to bear fruit, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it? Exactly, and I think that a lot of times, our, our in our modern age, we're so used to immediate results, we're so mm -hmm. used to instant gratification, we want to click the button and get the thing immediately. I mean, that's kind of what Amazon Prime has has taught us and YouTube, YouTube, just go online and Google what you need to find out and you find out. But with networking, it's not like that. It really is the long-term play. It's, it's investing in relationships today so that it'll, um, it'll bear fruit down the road. And it's just a fundamental mindset, sh mind, um, mindset shift for, for, for many of us who are used to that instant gratification. Yeah, I think you 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 have to you have to invest time in building relationships, like you say, and it's it's not going to happen overnight. Exactly, and then another thing with creatives is most of us tend to be on the more introverted side of the scale, um, and again, that's why the word networking kind of just conjures up images that terrify most creatives because most creatives want to, you know, um, put their headphones in. They want to <laughs> do their craft. They just want to do it with excellence. Um, and not everybody is kind of wired to be the traditional extrovert, but um, 
again, networking is not necessarily just being at some um, some hotel bar downtown talking with people you don't care about. I think it's it, it's really more about the relationships um, than anything. Yeah, and and as you said earlier, as you know, creative freelancers are often working alone. You know, I'm I'm sitting in my studio now. I spend a lot of time sitting here on my own talking to myself, and it's it's great to get out and meet other people. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's healthy to have relationships. It's and, and when you're working by yourself, it's not healthy to just be by yourself all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's your craft will be better. Your business will be better. You'll feel more emotionally satisfied if you are investing in relationships and stepping outside of your, outside of your studio all by yourself. Now that might be your happy place, but you know, I think that it's, it can't be your only place. Yeah. I think you, you need to be, in relationships, um, pursuing relationships, networking, and, and growing as well. Yeah. So what methods have you used to, to grow your business network? I mean, it sounds like you've, you've been to some um, business networking meetings locally to you. Have you done anything else? Yeah, the number one thing that I have, I have done that I would encourage everybody to do is to join a um, peer community. Mm. Um, so I was part of one here in Atlanta I referenced earlier called Plywood People, uh, which has kind of a silly name, but it's an amazing organization, amazing organization. And I joined that. I joined a small group. So there was six of us in our group that was led by a facilitator. And those relationships became some of my, my best friends, uh, you know, in, in my best working relationships. But then what happened was that those relationships led to new relationships, which then led to other ones. So the mm. network kind of, the network grew out of that just core group. So I was a part of that group for four years, and you know, in, in addition to our monthly small group meetings, there were also speaker series, and there was an annual conference, and there they had a co-working space. So just sort of being immersed in that community just led to that authentic, natural, organic networking that just continued to bear fruit over the years and still does to this day. Um, now, most recently, I actually have swapped groups just because I'm a big believer in, in change and kind of mixing up the routine. So two years ago, I, I joined another small group called EO, Entrepreneur Organization, which is a global organization. So, um, you know, for a global audience, I think there's probably an EO chapter near you. Um, but it's a similar type of thing. You, there's a small group, six or seven people led by a facilitator. You meet once a month. And that's sort of the core. That's the bones of this of this organization. But then beyond that, there's there's monthly large group gatherings. There's networking events. There's um, one off courses and workshops and things like that. So just being a part of that group um, has led to a lot of opportunities. It begins with the it begins with the authentic, real relationships in that small group. But then from there, it just sort of it just kind of branches out from there. And so. Those that those have been my primary channels of networking these days, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Mostly because I just like the people I'm with, mm -hmm. and that's what makes the networking again not that kind of boring, like talking to strangers you don't care about, but actually talking to people that you you do care about and you're genuinely interested in their work. And so those are, those have been two um, great methods for me. Have you had to um, do things a bit differently over the last year? <laughs> as we all have, as we all have. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Um, so our um, you know our business model the sketch at the sketch fact we haven't talked too much about our business model but we do sketch at events corporate events workshops 
brainstorming sessions, um, trade shows. And so we had to pivot in a big way last year. And so we basically adapted our in-person event sketching service and, uh, and made it um, applicable to a virtual event setting. So we have been deep in the weeds of virtual events for the last 13 or 14 months. And it's been really great to sort of carve out a niche in this space in order to add value to, to virtual events. So we've had some good networking just as a byproduct of the fact that we're working in virtual events. We're helping uh, assist virtual events. But, um, but yeah, I think the, in the age of COVID, it's really, it's really reshaped how we go about networking and how we go about um, building community, building peer groups. And um, yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's been, um, it's been good to be pushed as well. Mm. So tell me more about sketching at events. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, so we've, the last seven and a half years since I started the business uh, many years ago, um, our bread and butter service has been um, what we call live sketching. It goes by a couple different names. You may have heard graphic recording. You may have heard scribing. You may have heard visual note-taking. There's a lot of names for what we do, but in essence, we attend an event. We have uh, our artists attend an event. They set up a canvas in the room, and typically, pre-COVID, um, they would have markers and ink and all this fun stuff, <laughs> and then while the meeting is taking place, the artist is actively listening to the content. They're synthesizing it in real time, and then they're drawing out the big ideas and key takeaways in a highly visual way using color, expressive typography, visual concepts, all sorts of uh, clever um, visual, uh, you know, with all sorts of clever visual mm. um, drawings. And so the goal of that is really to make the ideas coming out of that event more understandable for attendees, more memorable, um, and then also to add a creative kind of fun, creative, cool factor to an event. Yeah, that's brilliant. So they're effectively capturing the event in a visual format, but it's it's not a photograph. It's it, it's a drawing. Exactly. It's not a photograph, and it's not a PowerPoint. It's kind of in between. It's mm. it's less it's less about the the nitty gritty minutia of a meeting, and it's more about the big picture. It's more about the overarching themes that are coming out of a session, whether it's you know the strategic vision or how we're going to reshape our priorities or how we're going to enact this change, this, um, you know, change management or, mm. or how we're going to do our reorg. It's, it's whatever kind of topic you can think of, our artists are, can be there to help document it and capture it in a visual, a highly visual creative way that appeals to visual learners that won't, that, you know, that won't make your eyes glaze over with boredom. Um, but it is actually fun to look at and then can be repurposed in a lot of ways. So what kind of business sectors would, uh, would get you to come and do this at their events? Every single thing you can think of, in essence, is the answer to that question. We've done healthcare summits. We've done marketing events. We've done corporate leadership events. We've done closed-door brainstorming sessions with um, a strategic planning team. We've done educational events where we get multiple universities together to talk about how we can uh, build upon student success and, and work for better outcomes. We've done government uh, type events where we're working with different different groups and different non nonprofits and different organizations. Anything you can think of, honestly, can be captured using this um, visual approach, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. And then, yeah, but with COVID, we've had to pivot it in a big way to do it uh, over 
over virtual events, mm-hmm. whether it's Zoom or GoToMeeting or BlueJeans or whatever that platform is. And so I, I guess in this kind of virtual world, the, the artist is, is, is just kind of working on their own and then, then they share it at the end, do they? The, the, the sharing can take many forms. So some clients will actually want the artist to share his or her screen the entire time, right. which is a lot of fun. Um, so our artists basically are sketching on an iPad. They're plugging in via a, a video capture card. And so their Zoom window or their video frame essentially becomes their sketch. Yeah. So people can watch along. They can choose to pin the video if the platform has that functionality. Um, or the event host can sort of spotlight their screen to make it the focal point. Now, other clients prefer the artist to be in the background, um, behind, you know, backstage, if you will, um, listening and drawing, but not necessarily sharing their screen. But then what most of our clients do and what we actually recommend is sort of a hybrid where you feature the artist every now and then um, in between in between sessions or during breaks or during certain points in the content where it makes sense to call out the artist and show what he or she has been working on. Mm. Um, so yeah, every client has a different preference, but at the end of the day, the goal really is just to help make those ideas more understandable, more actionable, and then to equip the organizers with a really compelling set of deliverables to follow up um, with people. So how, where do you see your business going in the future? Do you think you'll go back to doing live events when those can happen again? Or do you think there's going to be a bit of a hybrid going forward? So we are starting to do more and more in-person events, actually, which has been really exciting to see those come back. Uh, I want to say we've done maybe a dozen or so at this point over the last several months. Um, The virtual events are definitely by far the majority of our events we're doing right now. And if I were to pull out my crystal ball and predict the future, I would say that we are going to see the events industry, um, the dust will settle, and we're going to see both really great virtual events, we're going to see hybrid events where people have an option to either attend in person or uh, tune in remotely, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to see really great in-person events. And I think what we're learning is that different... um, Some events are better served virtually because they can be organized quicker. They can be done more affordably. You can get more people on the screen Mm -hmm. than you would otherwise. So I think some events are going to remain virtual. But then I also think that people are really craving that in-person experience as well, where it's more about relationships. It's more about engaging all five senses. It's more about making memories and things like that. So I think we're going to see those come back. And then I also think that you know, like I said, the hybrid is going to become a thing where it's going to be an expectation for people to have an option Mm. to whether they want to be in person or whether they want to be at home. And so I think event organizers are going to have um, quite a challenge ahead of them to figure out where their event fits in that spectrum and how to make it, how to make it work for both. But that's where I see it going. I, I, you know, I I do think we're returning to normal, um, at least to some, to some extent. And, um, you know, we're going to be there to help serve whatever whatever style of event our clients are organizing. Brilliant. So just finally then, William, how can people find you either at the Sketch event or um, Sketch Effect rather or Conquering Creative? Sure. So, yeah, if folks are more are interested in learning about um, the Sketch Effect business and how we're serving live events, virtual and in-person. They can go to thesketcheffect.com. 
That's T-H-E, sketch, S-K-E-T-C-H, and then effect with an E, dot com. And then, yeah, if any folks are interested in learning more about what I'm doing on the Conquering Creative, which is all about equipping uh, creative business owners, creative freelancers with no-nonsense business advice, they can go to theconqueringcreative.com or find me on Instagram at theconqueringcreative. And I'm always interested in feedback. I'm always interested to know what topics or um, questions people want to have answered. So shoot me an email, shoot me a, a, a DM or a comment and let me know what would be most helpful. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining me. That's been absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure some of the listeners will, uh, will be getting in touch with you. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks again for the opportunity. This is a lot of fun. Always enjoy these chats and hopefully this was helpful to your audience. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.